You're listening to Right Where You Are, hosted by New York Times bestselling author, creator, and speaker, Jason Wright. With inspiring guest interviews and Jason's unique lens on life, this is the place to see the good in the world, to lift and be lifted, no matter your starting point, to make a difference that matters. And we'll do it all together, right where you are. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Right Where You Are. This is Jason Wright, as always. I am so glad that you're here. I'm always so grateful that you give me a little bit of time every week. A reminder, we're just over a month away from the release of my next novel. It's called Even the Dog Knows. Uh, The reviews are starting to come in, and it's just really fun to hear that people are connecting with this story. Uh, You can pre-order it from Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, uh, Target, or even your local indie bookstore can pre-order and have it for you uh, when it comes out on March 8th. All right. The the bio for today's guest is just remarkable. And and I think, and this might come up later as well, you might have to look as far back maybe at a family like the Osmonds to find this much musical talent and passion in a single family. Um, It's, it is truly amazing. Uh, And they have, performed all over the world and shared their faith with with many, many people. Uh, Our guest today, um, the matriarch of the family, has been transforming voices and lives for over 50 years. Her technique, Deborah Tone, which is interesting because I also have a technique called Jason Tone, and it doesn't help at all. I've been trying it for years. It's it's awful. Um, But her technique has been instrumental in the progression of hundreds of artists and dreamers of all different ages and backgrounds, fulfilling uh, those dreams beyond their wildest expectations. Uh, The same training, by the way, has been used on some of the very biggest names in music. This is what I'm talking about. You know, a guy named Michael Jackson, you might've heard of him. Stevie Wonder, you know, kind of familiar. Bernadette Peters, Katy Perry, uh, Ariana Grande. Uh, Between her studies with legend Seth Riggs and Richard Miller, and her decades of experience in the industry, also as a performer, not just a coach, but a performer, a producer, a choir director, and matriarch of the family, her mastery of the human voice is virtually unrivaled. I am so tempted to hire her to coach me to see if she can really turn anyone into a singer, because I bet I could test that theory. And by the way, I'm going to link to all of the good things that she is doing in the show notes, including... I think my favorite song to come from her family, um, it is I Stand All Amazed. It's from their album uh, from last year. Maybe she'll share a little bit about that. Of course, our guest today is the fabulous one and only Deborah Bonner. And again, if you're not familiar with her and her family's work until now, buckle up, because this story, their mission, their calling and the work that they are doing around the world is truly inspiring. Hello, Deborah. How are you? I'm great. I am really blessed. Well, I'm blessed. We're all blessed that, that we have you here. A big shout out to uh, Michelle Moore for introducing us and helping to make this happen today. And I have to tell you, as we start, I, I met your son, Yahosh. I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, Yahosh. On the set of Family Rules a couple of years ago. And uh, of course, I was familiar with the family and um, had seen several episodes of the show to prepare for my own uh, interview on the show. And nothing prepares you for that guy's smile until, I mean, you're in the room with it and you're like, 
I just want to be a better person because I'm around that smile. I mean, mm-hmm. you can, the the light of heaven just radiates through him. Where where does that come from? I mean, I can see your smile. It's the yeah. it's the real deal, folks. Um, well, are they all that happy? I would say yes, but he uh, exudes love. He just has so much love for everybody. Hmm. And he's very positive. He's very inspirational. Uh, in fact, his name is Yehoshua, oh. which is Jesus' actual name. Oh, Yehoshua uh-huh. is mm-hmm. Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And so I believe there's something in a name. Absolutely. Yeah. So his name is Kuregi Yehoshua. And we used to call him Kuregi uh, until, but he was always uh, uh, in an argument or in a fight, he was always, uh, you know, protesting. And Hmm. so we, my husband named him after a college uh, professor. Hmm. And the professor said, what? You you named him Karegi? Do you know what that means? (laughs) And, and, And my husband said, no, what does it mean? And it's Swahili. It means protest. (laughs) <laughs> and he was always protesting. I mean, he was like three, four, five years old. Uh, and so we thought, well, we're going to not call him Kareem anymore. We're going <laughs> to call him by his middle name, hmm. Yehoshua, but we'll call him Yehosh. So that's how he, he goes by Yehosh. And do you know his personality shifted? Oh, wow. It shifted. And he, he's very, very Christ-like, very mm-hmm. loving, very accepting, a, a, a wonderful son, wonderful brother, mm-hmm. just very kind, you know. So, yeah, I think there's something in a name. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely. Um, and in fairness to your seven other beautiful children, they, my listeners need to go check out the family website. Again, I'll have all the links to this available on the show page, but um, all of your kids just look like they were ripped right out of uh, um, uh, modeling catalogs, photo shoots, runways, um, you know, social media influencers, just what a beautiful, beautiful family. And, and you and I know because of our faith that it's, it's not just the genetics that has helped you to create, raise this really beautiful, beautiful family, but it's what is on the inside that radiates through the eyes and the smile and in the countenance. Mm-hmm. And, and again, as I said, we see it, um, we see it in you. All right, my friend, your journey, your, your story is big, um, kind of oh. larger than life. We sort of have to start yeah. somewhere. So I want to ask you as we begin today, was there a moment when you began to have children and um, they began to make their joyful noise around the house? Was there a moment that you remember or a season of your life that you remember going, you know what? These, these kids are different. They can sing. They can carry a tune. Like, you know, sometimes you go to church and the kids go up front and they sing their little song on Mother's Day or whatever it is. And it it sounds great. And we all smile and we all, you know, we feel warm and fuzzy because we should, because they're singing to us. But most of those kids, you know, they're not going to make an album like the Bonner family, right? They're just not, that's not going to be their journey. At some point you realize, wait a minute, we, we might actually be that family that could do something special with music and touch the world. Do you remember when that happened? Music has always been part of my life. So it's who I am. It's, you know, since I, 
I, I got my first solo when I was in kindergarten. Hmm. And so when I was 13, my church paid for my voice lessons from the age of 13 until I graduated from high school. Hmm. And so, and then I was in a gospel choir. I was the director of the youth choir. So music has always been a part of my life. So it's like, it's not a surprise. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then um, um, I, I, I married a man who has, to me, the most beautiful voice I've ever heard is my husband's voice. Hmm. He's got a beautiful tone quality. He's the natural. I had to work for my voice. <laughs> I had to train my voice and to become a, a solo singer, the solo, the, the soloist that I am today. But my husband was born with it. So, and I think that his voice is what made me open to even considering marrying him. Oh, really? His voice was so beautiful. Wow. Yes. So, um, so in, in having children, I just want to kind of back up a little bit when you say, you know, um, the, the type of people that my children are or, or their mission, all eight, their, their desire is to serve the Lord. Their mm-hmm. desire is to, is to bring their sisters and brothers closer to their Savior in song. I mean, that's their desire, everyone. Hmm. And I I think, and that's why they radiate. That's why if you see beauty in them, that's why you do is because of Christ. It's because they want to be like him. And three months after me and my husband were married, we went to Africa and served a mission. Hmm a Baptist mission in Africa. And when you're a Baptist missionary, you are a missionary for life. So when we went to Africa, Liberia, we went under the, with the impression that we will be missionaries for the rest of our lives and that our children will be missionaries and their children will be missionaries. So that, so that was even the mindset in, in, as we, I took on that that responsibility of going, you know, um, and so when the spirit spoke to me anyway uh, and said, resign from this mission, I was devastated because we love the people. We love what we were doing. And so we came back to the States and uh, shortly after the spirit spoke to me again and said, go West. Hmm. And so with very little, I think we had about $100 to our name. Oh, my. And by that time, I was seven months pregnant, had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, boy. And we virtually hitchhiked west, (laughs) you know, because in our living in Africa for two years, living by the Spirit, and that's another thing. As a Baptist missionary, you you pretty much live by the Spirit. You know, what does the Lord want me to do today? Who does He want me to reach? How does what does He want me to? Where does He want me to go? What is you know? What does He want me to do? So, it wasn't a scary thing for us to just go west, not knowing where west we're going to go and how far west we're going to go, or who we'll meet. 
with $100 to our name. That wasn't scary. If we could live in the jungles of Africa, you know, yeah. in the villages of Africa, in the mud houses in Africa, <laughs> bathing in the creeks with the people, that's, that's not a big deal to go west. Yeah. Right? And, you know, and so started our journey. And the, the first Sunday, we went west and we decided, to okay, this is how far west we're going to go. And we landed in Vegas. Within a week, we met some Mormon missionaries who introduced us to their bishop, who took us in their home, who loved us and treat us like we were their children because it was an older couple. Wow. And uh we took missionary lessons every day and we loved the Lord so we loved learning more and more about the Lord or uh, about his work and um eventually joined the church 6 months later. Hmm. Not having a testimony but the spirit said be baptized. And that's all that was necessary. You know, we knew his voice. I knew his voice when he said, do it. So we did it. And what a glorious journey. What a glorious journey. And so with the Baptist background of really loving the Savior with all I have and him being my best friend and teaching our children about this friend and them having that friendship and then coming into the church that had even more information that helped us be closer to the Lord and his work. You know, it's, it's just been a wonderful, we just, we just feel so blessed, so blessed to, to have more knowledge and, and, and how to be so that we can return to our father. Talk about courage. I'm just, I have, um, I have through the years and and my uh, people that follow me, particularly on Facebook, know that through the years I have stopped and picked up many a hitchhiker and uh, put them in the car with me. And often we would film those discussions and then share them with the world and, and sort of give people a peek into the life of, of someone that, you know, might have heard a similar call, you know, go South, go West, go North, Mm -hmm. go wherever. And, and see what work I might have for you to do. And I met some of the most interesting people, including a, a couple, a couple of folks that I've stayed very, very close with through the years. Um, but I, you know, I just met in in some of those kinds of similar circumstances. And I'm just imagining just the most of those people I've met have not had young children with them. So to to picture you taking your family across the country you know, what feels yeah. like across the world. From Michigan, yeah. From Michigan yeah. to Las Vegas. To Las Vegas, yeah. From the snow to the desert. Um that that takes that takes a lot of faith. Cannot cannot even imagine. So so do you remember the first time that your family um that the kids sang in church or do you remember the first concert at high school that you went to? What what was that like when again you you and your husband have these beautiful voices and you knew that music was going to be a, an important part of your lives forever. But, you know, we raise our kids and we, we, we teach them and we train them and we give them experiences, but ultimately we let our kids choose for themselves what their path will be. And, um, and all of your children have gravitated to music, even if yeah. it's not 
the main thing they're doing all day, every day. It's well, that it is yeah. well, because that part was a of them. part of their life. It was a part of their life. I because I was all about music and I was a voice teacher, and I trained with two of the top voice teachers in the world. Uh, Michael Jackson's voice teacher, Seth Riggs, and Richard Miller, who taught people at the Met and all the opera houses. Hmm. Though both of those were my mentors, one for 20 years, one for, for nine. And so and, and as I raised my children, when they were, I would put them on my lap to teach voice, and they would do the exercises with my students. Hmm. Or my, so great. My, my little bitty babies. I I had this, this little... Uh, round um woven basket and i put them in and the two i remember one was about an infant and one was a little more than a year old and they'd hear the exercises hmm. you know until they were big enough to get on my lap as i taught and my children when they were big enough three years old i would put them in voice classes with my students who might have been 16 or might have been 25 or 30. They wow. would be in the voice class. And then they would get up and sing. They would perform in front of the class. And I would critique them. Wow. Along with my class. So they, and then my husband and I, uh, we played Santa and Mrs. Claus. And our children were like the elves and Santa's helpers. We had uh, elves outfit for the boys and little red dresses for the girls, little, I don't think like three, four, five years old. <laughs> and we play Santa Claus and we, and, and we talk to the, the family of the mom and dad beforehand. And they would put the toys outside the door. And then like, we started like 11 o'clock at night and we, we, we go to different people's house and they leave the, and we'd have this big red bag and we put all their gifts in the bag and, we knock on the door and say, oh, who is it's Santa? Oh, I think it's Santa. And the mom, you know, they would let the kids stay awake to greet Santa. And so Harry was Santa. I was Mrs. Claus. And the babies were the elves. Oh, my goodness. And they thought we were Santa and Mrs. Claus. Oh, oh my. Santa. Here we are, <laughs> Black in a white community, most of our lives in a white community. And they seen this Black Santa Claus, never saw color. <laughs> that was Santa. I love it. And so Harry would sit the little kids on his lap and he would tell the Christmas story. Huh. And then our family would sing. So they've always sung. So they started singing when they were little, you know, a uh, little, uh, you know, a holy night or silent night right there in the found in those homes. So our kids have always, and then I would write musicals as they got older and put my students in the musicals and uh, kids in the community and the musicals and my children were also in the musicals so they were mm -hmm. always performing in fact michael mcclain you mentioned michael mcclain yeah love him we uh met michael uh when my kids when junior the one who wrote greenflake who's 40 now when he was nine and my oldest was like 12 or 11 and clotille uh, who's a great artist too, you know, it was four of us went on a short tour with Michael McClain. Wow. And sang uh, on tour with him. I love and, it. Yeah. And so our kids have sung always. So it's, it's not like, oh, they get a part in a musical. I don't think they've even ever been in a musical in school. 
did any of them ever say to you, all right, mom, I think I'm done. I want to, I'm going to focus on football or fashion or science. They never, they never did. I don't think it, I don't think it was an option. I don't think they looked at it as an option. They enjoyed being with family. They enjoyed singing with, with each other. Hmm. They enjoyed the the fun and the love and they became each other's best friends. I can, I can imagine uh, Sunday afternoons at your, in your home with those little ones growing up must have been a lot of fun. And competitions. They love, even to this day, they compete (laughs) and then they want me to judge. I said, I'm not, I never (laughs) judge. Yeah. That's dangerous for mom to do. Yeah. So I never judge, but they judge each other and they're very, very critical, but they, but they do it with love and they laugh at it at each other and they laugh with each other and they wrestle. They, they, they do all kinds of different games. They have, because we didn't have much when we were, when, when they were growing up, we had eight kids and we didn't have much. And so their toys were each other. Their little dogs were each other. Mm. <laughs> they fun. were each other's best friends. And, and so even to this day, you know, we go, they go over each other's house and what, you know, if, if, and they, we play games, they play all kinds of games. They make up games, you know, and they do hot seat where you, 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 you they want to know something about you that you're not, te- you're not telling um, you sit in the hot seat and you have to tell the truth. Oh, wow. We're going to ask you anything and you have to tell the truth or you have to get out of the hot seat. Oh, I love it. So, I mean, we just. It, it's, it's a lot of fun and a lot of love in our family. Yeah. Now, maybe there's someone listening today who thinks I want, I really want that. I want that for my kids and for my family, but we're not musically inclined. None of us can read music. We wouldn't know how to begin to write a song or a musical or, or play the kazoo for that matter. What would you say maybe to a, to a mom who's listening right now, who says, I'm a little envious of Deborah and her family, but I'm never going to have that because I don't, I don't have that background. What would you say to her? But you can have that. Just, just being friends, teaching them um, the way the, the way the savior treats us, how he loves us and that we should be the same to each other. And and we play all kinds of games. It's not just singing. Mm-hmm. We play different games. We and we're very honest with each other. And so we go there. We don't uh, not talk about issues. We talk about even to this day. Our kids even uh, talk about how each other is raising their child. Oh wow! Yeah, and and what their suggestion is and what they think. And then we have a big discussion on it. Mm-hmm. So it's just that you become best friends. You don't have to have music in your family to do it, but you do have to have prayer. I mm. think prayer is important. That that the center of your life is Christ. You know, that that you, you're trying to be like him. And, and that you love each other because that's what Jesus would do. That's what he would want us to do. So I, I think it's it's more that. Singing is just an activity, one of many. Hmm. Very well said. Very well said. Well, Nat, that has prompted another question. 
I hope you don't mind me asking. Oh, go there. What what do you say to another mother who's listening who has um, you know, three or four or five or eight or ten kids, and some of them have wandered from the faith, whatever faith that might be. Um, whether they share our faith or they're Baptists or they're Catholics or um, they're Muslims, it doesn't matter. Let's just imagine that there's a mother listening whose kids have have um, decided either informally or formally to step away from the family faith. And for some, you know, moms and dads, there's nothing more heartbreaking than when a child steps mm-hmm. away from, you know, the faith of their childhood. So mm-hmm. what, what would you say to them to to still feel connected to I one would another? Say, yeah, I would say love them, accept them for where they're at. Just accept them for where they're at and be their best friends, be their best buddies so they can talk to you about it. So they'll want to talk to you about it and not put any judgment on it hmm. and that they should go to church or that they should think a certain way or they should feel a certain way. But, and I think that's probably what carried us is because we've always gone there. You know, we've talked about it. They, they if, if you're best friends, you can talk about things. Hmm. You can talk about anything. Yeah. And you can give your your opinion on it, and then whatever um, the sibling uh, believes or or feels, you support them. You support them. You love them, and you support them. Yeah, it's so important. They know they're loved unconditionally, right? That that's right. That there's not a checkbox, and if they're not checking enough boxes on mom and dad's list, then suddenly they're not loved or loved as much. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great reminder. I asked a couple of people about you, and this was this was probably six months ago when I told you before we began uh, recording today that um, your name has come up a lot. Your your family generally often suggests that it's guests to be on the show. Every time I put a call out there and say, "Who should I have?" Your names come up, and I had a conversation uh, with someone who said. Um, they, and in particular, you as matriarch of the family are bridge builders and connectors. And what you've just described, the idea that you might be able to devote your entire lives, all of you to essentially doing that, building bridges between different faiths, those of no faith um, across racial lines and all just break down the walls and say, how can we work together to be a little bit more like Christ, because right. the more we're like him, the better prepared we'll be for the day we see him again. It's pretty simple, yeah. right? Yes. And that's, and that's what it's all about. Really. I mean, um, we, I have a gospel choir. It's called the Deborah Bonner unity gospel choir. Mm-hmm. And oh, we have about 45, 50 members in the choir and they are all shades. Hmm. Uh, about a fourth is white, about mm. a fourth is black, and the other half are shades, different shades of of brown. You know, Polynesians to you know, Asians to Hispanic kids who are mixed. You know, family mm. mixed families, mm-hmm. uh, and it is beautiful. And we we love each other, and we are of different political. Um, uh, preferences, you know, some Democrats, some Republicans, yet we love each other. Yeah. 
we are able to talk about politics and still love each other. Oh, well, that's that's rare right there. My heavens. We can do that because and and you know why is because is based. Is is Christ based. Hmm. It's um, it's about love and loving our our fellow man and 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 being kind and patient and you know and loving you know and 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 the songs we sing it's about a personal relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. our personal relationship so i love that so much deborah i cannot tell you it it does not matter you know where we're going to church on sunday or saturday or whatever day of the week um, that doesn't matter nearly as much as how are you and the savior doing, right? It, what is your friendship like with him? You're not just, not just your family or your marriage or whatever, but, but you individually, Jason and Deborah, and that person who's listening right now, who's maybe having some doubt to their own, mm-hmm. um, tend to that friendship with Christ mm-hmm. above all else. And it is amazing the good that you can do in the world and that will flower up out of that friendship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say another thing here. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We first, that 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 family that took us in, mm-hmm. um, he was like the bishop at the time, and he took us in his home. He Have you ever heard of Archie Bunker? Oh, yeah. He was like an Archie Bunker. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. A redneck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like a George Jefferson. Oh. Yes. I was uh, like a Stokely Carmichael. <laughs> <laughs> and we loved each other. Hmm. Because, I mean, even though my perspective of li- on life and what's happening in the world today was different than his perspective in life and what's happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. But we both love the savior and we both wanted to be like him. And so it, so the gospel of Jesus Christ bypasses uh, race, race and it bypasses culture. You know, when I look at my children today and know their love for the savior and the gospel, and what not. else is there, Deborah? What else is there, right? When you look in the mirror, you must just—you're probably too humble to do this, but most of us would look in the mirror and say, "Man, look what I did! I did this thing uh-huh. right. I came to Earth. I got married. I had some children. I taught them to follow the Lord and to love the Lord, and they're doing it. And look at all the the light they're shining around the world. Man, I am I am mom of the century. That's what no, you're thinking. I say I am blessed by the Lord, and that's why I will follow Him. All, all the days of my life, I will not fear any man hmm. because of who I know who the Lord is and that and that all that he has done for me. So I, I, I cannot take any credit at all. I have to give it all to the Lord. Hmm. Well, I'm going to give you a little dose. I am. I'm going to give you a little dose of credit because you're you're phenomenal. You are such an energy source. I, I admit I came into this interview a little tired. It's been a long day. Had to take my wife to the airport. I'm, I'm on dad duty with my two teenage boys. It's been 12 hours. I'm already worn out. And I, I am sitting here 
as we wrap up this discussion, thinking just how blessed I am to have spent this time with you. And I just feel, I feel re-energized to go do a little bit of good in the world. So let me ask you our final two questions. These are questions that have become very familiar to my listeners um, over the nearly year that we've been doing this podcast. So every guest gets them and the answers are always so interesting to me. So the name of the podcast is Right Where You Are, W-R-I-G-H-T. What does that phrase, right where you are, mean to someone like Deborah Bonner? I am in Christ. That's where I am. And a lot of times, you know, I mean, doesn't mean, I mean, and I have joy and I'm never depressed, you know, sometimes I'm a little concerned about some things, but never depressed. And I, and it's because I know that the Lord has got me Hmm. and I know that this is only a small moment. It is how I live in this moment, right where I am. How am I living? Am I serving him? Am I loving him? And am I doing his work? Am I doing his will? And so he has me. So no matter what, you know, I thank God that I've not lost a child. I can't even imagine Hmm. losing a child. And my heart goes out to mothers. But I think I'll be okay even if that happens because the Lord's got me. Hmm. That's so beautiful. Um, So beautiful. All right. Our last question, I bet after this discussion, I could answer for you. That's how much I feel like I have caught this glimpse of of your life and who you are. Uh, The question is this, at the end of your journey, at the end of this life, long after this podcast is just a, a faint memory for most people, If you could just choose one thing that you would want my audience and your audience, those that have come to know and love the Bonner family around the world, if you could just choose one thing for them to know about you, what is that? What is Deborah Bonner's one thing? Is that the Lord is my everything. He's my everything. I love him more than life. I love him more than my children. I love him more than my husband. I love him more than me. Because huh. he is, he's my, he's my everything. I have full faith and confidence in him. And, uh, and he has given me my voice. And, and that's why the name of my vocal training technique is your true voice that when you find your voice it it you find yourself and when you are one with yourself you're one with your creator and then you can hear so to get rid of the obstructions in your voice as you sing as you speak it not only clears your your physical voice it clears your voice huh. it clears who you are so you can be in tune and you can hear. Well, um, you have one of the most remarkable voices. And I mean that in every sense of anyone I think I have ever met. So thank you truly for being on right where you are today. You are just a joy. And I, uh, I hope that we stay in touch. I cannot wait to see what the future brings the Bonner family. 
You can learn more online at DebraBonner.org. Uh, or you can follow me at Instagram at your underscore true underscore voice. Perfect. And I will also make sure that those links are on the show page so people can find them and and see the the smiling face that is Deborah Bonner. You are you're the best. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on Right Where You Are. For more information about Jason and his projects, visit him online at jasonfright.com or on social media at facebook.com slash jfwbooks or on Instagram at jasonfright. And be sure to subscribe to Right Where You Are wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Right Media Productions. Copyright 2021 by Jason F. Wright. All rights reserved.